Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. We are back today with Dr. Joe Tefer. He was with us last week, so if you were not able to tune in, please go back and listen to the conversation, um, which once again, we will continue today. Dr. Tefer has been an integrative medicine activist throughout his medical career while, while in medical school at UCSD and during his family medicine residency at UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. Dr. Tefer has observed that modern medicine struggles with certain mental and psychosomatic health problems because it fails to address the emotional and spiritual dimensions of these illnesses. Under the guidance of master shamans, Dr. Tefer has learned about the importance of acknowledging the emotional body and its role in disease. In Peru, Dr. Tefer learned how ayahuasca shamanism could be used to heal the emotional body. And today we're going to continue that conversation. Welcome back to the program, Joe. Can you talk a little bit though about, of course, plant medicine isn't for everyone. Um, so yeah. when would it not be indicated? Well, there's a lot of reasons that it would not be indicated. And so that's very important for people to realize, you know, although, uh, you know, some people have had really, really positive outcomes with, with ayahuasca and plant medicines. In the particular case of ayahuasca, then you have, you know, the proper use of it, the, you know, where you have these properly trained guides, you know, not just somebody who's just so excited about it, they want to share it with everybody, right. but doesn't really doesn't really have the experience, you know, you're in the medical field, and you you don't, like I tell people all the time, I can come out of residency three years of family medicine after four years of medical school, and still no one's really that excited to see me fresh out of the program. You know, <laughs> when you go to Kaiser and they find you found out the guy just came out like yes. last week, you know, I'm like, whoa, oh my God, you know, danger zone. And yet, yet people think that they can handle this kind of stuff, you know, where you're talking about healing all this wide range of illnesses you know, from a few weekends or whatever it is they think. And it's just like the reality is they have no idea, you know, what's possible. They have no idea the level of experience that exists out there. You yes. know, when you talk about a internal medical doctor who's been working for 40 years, you know, what do they know versus somebody who's just like reading some books and some hobby approach to Western medicine? Right. It's a big, big difference. And then you have the ancestral traditions, and you have multi-generational knowledge. So there's a lot to be said about just the ceremony and who's running the ceremony and making sure you're with the right people and all that kind of stuff is very, very important. Right. And then as far as the patients are concerned, then you, you know, then there's, there's a lot to deal with and it's a lot to go through. And there's going to be potentially a lot of integration uh, necessary for it to really sink in, for you to really, for things to make a difference. I mean, that's very common that people go through a little 
you know, like anyway, Rao down in the jungle, they don't let people come for less than a week and they prefer for them to come for at least 10 days because mm-hmm. they don't want to waste their time with people who just want to try it out. And, you know, on the first night say, oh, I'm healed, I'm done because they've already watched a thousand people do that and not change anything in their life. So it's just basic common sense from the experienced person. It doesn't work like that. That's not enough. So you need somebody who's ready to to make the most of it, they have to be ready to be a little bit committed to their healing process. Yes. You know, and to ideally to be connected to some kind of integration and support that they may need, you know, afterwards, whether that's a, a good family or friends or social network support. or professional help or integration circles or continued support from traditional healers. There needs to be, you know, the mental health history is extremely important. Um, that's for number one. Number two is, is uh, cardiac stuff. So there's, right. there's medical concerns that need to be taken into you know, account. And then there's medications that would be contraindicated uh, with the plant medicine. So you need to think about that too. Are you on any kind of medication that could have some kind of a clash and cause a problem? Right. So those are the ones that we bring up to people's attention. And then there's just the consideration of the healer meeting somebody and saying, you know, I'm not sure this is the right thing for you. Yeah. They have to be ready to put in the work. They have to be ready to look into themselves. It'll only take them as far as they're ready to go. Right, right. So people can resist. People will resist this kind of stuff, you know, dramatically, amazingly. But then about as far as the number of people who may or may not believe, I've dealt with many, many people who come down because, well, they want to give it a shot and they've never really tried this stuff and they don't really believe in spirituality of any kind and so this you know the shaman would call them a bit of a blocked person right and so then you get that a lot where people say oh well you know you'd have to be from the culture for this to work on you and you know that kind of anthropological perspective which you know really is not an experience like a, a commentary because i've dealt with down into the center you know hundreds and you know maybe into the thousand whatever range of people where many, many people who just don't believe in any of this and they are surprised when they go through the cleaning process and the healing process that it opens their minds. Many of them, it opens their hearts and many people become walk away way more spiritually curious than, uh, than they were before. I understand. I respect the nihilistic perspective that these people, they don't, it's a flat land, you know, nothing means anything, the world mm-hmm. is pointless. But to me, I respect that they just have not had a mystical experience right. in their life for them to consider those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so, just something that you, these, these things are experienced. The mystical is an experienced thing. You don't, it's not something you read about. Right, you know? absolutely. It's not the same so thing. the people, the people that you've seen and that come to the, um, come on these retreats um, because you know many of them have been I'll say transformed I've seen it also and does it do you find that yeah. it, it sticks I mean it stays it stays with them yeah well that's the question mark and that's what everybody you know wants to know and so I found I mean of course we can find many cases of people who just it didn't stick and it went, they went back. But like I presented, the, I would say a lot, of, a lot of the cases of people that I have stayed in touch with that have been through treatment at Niwe Rao and then subsequently in other environments and situations where I stay in contact with them 
I would say, yes, it does. And, uh, but I, I think there's a lot to that. I think, you know, the 10 day plant diet, the two week plant diet is going to stick with somebody a lot more than the weekend workshop. Right. And I think the Absolutely. traditional healers, the indigenous people would totally agree. They say, of course, you know, of course, in a weekend, you're not going to fix that. And then right. they might say the person needs longer treatment. You might need a month or you might need even more than that. You know, that, 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 so there's different degrees of it. So in the book, I tried to present the truth of, you know, there's a few of these people who just, whoa, they transformed, you know, even in one night. And then that stayed with them for years and kept evolving and changing. And then I presented the people that came back several times over a period of years. The addiction case, who was kind of like yo-yoing back and forth until he finally stabilized. And then I end the book with the case, an anxiety case where it's not resolved and he's not sure it's going to be resolved to let people know, you know, this is not as simple as that. But as far as research that's been done, because that's so how do we know if it sticks or if it doesn't stick, this kind of treatment? Well, they, you know, Temple of the Way of Light, they did a little research study on uh, loss of a loved one, grieving the loss of a loved one was a study they did that people were coming down there looking for help with that common Mm -hmm. problem and they did a follow-up study and they had really strong results a year out you know people were still getting the same kind of benefit they were having um you have living to ayahuasca rachel harris who is talking the north american um ayahuasca situation with people with the weekend workshops and things like that and people were saying you know a year out 75 percent of the people were saying they're still talking to ayahuasca and having right. experiences related to what they've, they've gained from those yeah. ceremonies. They've got studies going on in, Peru, in Brazil with ayahuasca for depression and they're getting prolonged results. Right. So I think there is evidence that a lot of people, there is a sticking that happens because we see it and we believe it. And then there's, you know, then there's cases that are not, and mm-hmm. then they're broadcast as if this is the, right. come this on, is nobody the way doesn't, it is. It's, gonna, it's just that you got a little, psychedelic with a glow you know ayahuasca glow and then you go back so then it well then it comes back to the same thing like yeah the life can swallow you back up the society can swallow you back up and so there does need to be a commitment to change yeah. you know so this is a boost but you can't really if you don't change anything in your life afterwards if you don't like you know, there's the way that my navajo friend daryl slim talks about the idea of in the case of a peyote ceremony or other forms of traditional healing ceremony that may not involve any psychedelic plant medicine says first there's the approach to it you know the approach to it which for us in western culture we talk about psychedelic stuff set and setting you know how do we approach it how do we prepare ourselves where do we do it how do we do it so in the navajo tradition the Diné tradition the way he would talk about that first phase of how we approach it that's called love that's the love we bring to it. That makes a difference. You know, it's just common sense really. So that's an easier way to talk about all those elements. We have to bring love to it. it. So there should people will say, if you don't bring love and humility to this experience, you will not have the same gains as someone that does. So So these are, these are called subjective facts, you know, it's maybe not so facts. easy to study and measure. Yes. Not so easy to study and measure, but we could just waste our time with just talking nonsense, or we right. can just say the truth. Yes, you know, yes, exactly. And if you don't bring love and humility to it, you will not get the same benefit. Right. That's that's the, that's wisdom. That's the voice of experience. Then you have the ceremony itself. So the ceremony, or it's the session, or whatever it is, and so they call that. That's the gift. That's the gift. 
you know so that's the gift that's the opportunity and so some things do shift in there some you know we see all kinds of things happen and then afterwards is the integration process yes the integration process they call that and it's i think it's a little more clearly stated the responsibility that's a great word for that then that's how he that, he's a very wise guy Daryl. right so he talks about it so i like i like and that's you know that's the, the beauty of when the you know we're reconnecting the ancestral traditions in other words how do we make the most of psychedelic medicine or these other therapies or you know what this is just a little afterglow how do we make the most of it well one way is to drive knowledge from the ancestral multi-generational traditions who can teach us a little bit about how you work with that stuff and, and it involves bringing the, the heart and soul of those concepts forward you know just the way you would to you know becoming an olympic champion when it's right. something like that they would say yeah if you don't put your heart into this it's not going to work you know right right and somehow when you yeah. talk about oh medicine well no that where's that right you know? right i love that though that. so the love the gift and the responsibility and the responsibility that's that's so beautiful the, so those would be like keys to helping it stick yeah I love that. Well, we need, we need to wrap it up a little bit. I would like to just finish with something that, um, I don't know if this was in your book or where this was, but um, I'm going to read it. After observing hundreds of people go through this kind of spiritual and emotional healing, Dr. Tapur recognized the broader value of spiritual healing techniques. Spiritual healing is spiritual practice. Spiritual practice is spiritual healing. And both can help to heal the emotional body and in turn the mind body. I love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's great. what I've been repeating over and over again. And, and so right. it's just, and you know, so that kind of came out of a little bit, just and I won't take too long, but that's okay. Um, you know, as we were trying to bring ayahuasca to North America, and you know, one of the opportunities is to try to get religious exemption from right. the DEA like the way peyote has done with some Native American church and the Brazilian ayahuasca churches, Santo Daime and UDV. So then people say to me, they're like, well, you, you're a doctor. Come on. You write a whole book about healing and medicine. Don't try to, don't try to tell us this is a religion. Like you guys are doctors. This is medicine. This is medical. And so then they say, yeah, well, that's, this is, I get what you mean. Yes. But this is spiritual healing. Yes. And so this is spiritual healing. And in fact, this is a form of spiritual practice. And then that brings me to just the thought that, in fact, all spiritual practice, and this I think is so important, and this next wave of consciousness is the purpose of it is for to nourish our spiritual well-being. That's the reason we do spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. It's not because someone told us to do it. It's not because this is what everyone in town is doing. It's not because, you know, I read it and that's, it should be, unless it's bringing some nourishment to your spiritual well-being, it's not really working. Right. You know, if you're involved in a spiritual practice that, like I've said in other arenas, is closing your mind and closing your heart uh, and potentially making you sick, like mentally ill and physically ill, like that's, I don't know that that really meets muster with what yes. I would consider what spiritual practice is because spiritual practice is spiritual healing and spiritual healing is spiritual practice. Right. So when we're doing spiritual healing techniques, if I'm singing Icaros to somebody one day in North America at an ayahuasca ceremony and they say, Oh, well, you're trying to practice medicine on them. We better, you know, let's get the FDA over <laughs> here. 
know, what's going on. And I say, well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't send you guys over to regulate this uh, meditation center just because people are getting better from their anxiety. Right. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, or at yeah. this, or at this, you know, this faith healing church, or maybe this person's like, maybe they're getting over their insomnia or what's happening or they're, they're getting over, you know, something terrible that happened to them through the support of their community and through spiritual support. And they actually feel much better and some of their health improves and all that stuff. So in other words, there's room for spiritual healing and there's respect for that within uh, the United States, within the religious freedom act. And so that's why I say spiritual practice, spiritual healing, but it lends itself to go this other direction, which is exposing and bringing back these native American concepts, which is a big part of this movement that I'm a part of. And what the book is about drawing, like we're trying to, bring us back in line with the prayer of the ancestors of the land in which we live, which means honoring their culture and what they were hoping for, for the future generations, which include us and the ones after us right. and what they taught and what is being revealed by the plant medicine and this spirituality that is uh, taught from nature is that health and spirituality are the same thing. Health and spirituality are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, do you feel that um, in Western civilization, because it seems like there's sort of an awakening of consciousness and, and some transformation. I mean, they're bringing meditation techniques into the, into the hospitals. And I know, um, I know in the UK, they have energy healers come into the hospital. <laughs> it's really, it's really amazing and so needed. So do, do you think it's changing a little bit in? I think it's changing a lot. I think it's yeah, changing a yeah. lot. I think it's changing quick. I think the tide is turning and so right. we're right there. We're right on the brink of that. And, and so, you know, that's overall like the goal of, of the book uh, to the, to the Western audience is not so that everyone does ayahuasca, but right. I spell it out like in the last chapter of the role of spiritual healing right. in modern healthcare. I will, yes, and guess yes. what? This is what, this is what Reiki healing can do for people. This mm -hmm. is what, you know, these are the, these are the areas of Western science to look at around these things, whether it's the emotional body and the psychoneural endocrine immunologic network should be the reason I got involved because they were studying energy healing, Reiki healing for that at, at, at UCSD in a lab with uh, breast cancer survivors. Who were still were they? Yeah. So my friend, Shamani Jain, who's a, a psychologist. So I witnessed that. So they were just saying, this isn't a part of our physiology. We can focus on emotional physiology, I call it that we can focus on show that, hey, this is where prayer is helping. This is where um, Reiki is helping. This is where sweat lodge is helping. This is where all this kind of stuff is meditation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's letting people know, hey, people are flying all the way to Peru to do ayahuasca to try to get healing. What are they getting down there? I'm still going to be working with ayahuasca myself when we're bringing it to people and sharing with people. But there are many other ways to approach the emotional and spiritual dimensions of health because that's what they're looking for. So right. bring that to them. You can do it. They don't have to do psychedelics. They can come at it different ways, you know, breath work, somatic experience therapy, stuff that integrates all those elements. Yeah. And you see these big shifts happen for people. I did some holotropic breath work um, at my workshop and it was, um, it, it was amazing. You know, I really went, went to another, to another place. And it was very, very healing for me. Um, so just, I, I know that a lot of listeners are thinking, gosh, I'd be, I'd like to, you know, I meditate, I do this, I do that, but I'd really like to, you know, try ayahuasca. Um, right. And I know there are some churches now 
that are actually yeah. in America that are that that do promote that or not promote that but offer that. But do you suggest at right now at least the that people go somewhere? We talked about this before we started this yeah. interview, where you're actually yeah. in the plants and in the indigenous culture and kind of enmeshed in all of that. Do you think that's I think that I think it's very special to do it in that way. I think right. there are, people get a lot of healing and other opportunities, and I've observed it many times. But it is very special if they. I don't. I don't think it's the only. Oh, that's the only. You know, that's one way to do it, and it's a very powerful way to do it. And so people have the opportunity. You know, that's the thing. And like you know, in, in a public discussion, it's like, well, it's current. It's still illegal for the most part in the United States, and so that would be the place to do it in a place where they're allowing it to, to go on, right. you know, in Peru and I'm bringing people to Colombia in a little while and, and there's Costa Rica and there's other places where people are doing it, you know? So that's, that's one option for people mm -hmm. to, to try it there. There's also like chakruna.net is a resource online. There's other resources, isears.org where they kind of at least try to give people guidance or for those people who are seeking this kind of thing, what are the things to watch out for? What are the right. things you want to make sure that is being covered? so that you can be safe and again, you know, make the most from it. Make sure that the other side, that the healers are in the love to it that we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, that they're not just um, trying to take advantage of people's need and, and all that stuff. Right. Well, as you say, it's, it's very serious business. It's, That's it, it's, you it's know? beautiful, profound and profound, but it's very, it's, you know, it's serious. People it's a delicate matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Joe, thank That's you it. so much for coming on the show today. I, yeah. this is very, <laughs> very enlightening. And I'd love to have you back and even dig a little deeper um, about the science of ayahuasca yeah. and epigenetics and affecting the limbic yeah. system and, and all right. of that. So, um, so anyway, maybe, maybe you'll be able to. Yeah, no, I'd like to do that. That would yeah. be good. That'd be Great. important because we have our, we've got our research project. We've got our crowdfund. We're trying to get, spread the word about oh, modern are spirit you? Epigenetics project. Yeah. I'm from modern Great. Dot, dot okay. Org. We'll We're definitely raising do. money. Whoever wants to, yeah, it, can, it explains itself a little bit on the website, but. Okay. And, and what is the website's name? That was my next. How modern, do people modern find it? Oh, modernspirit.org. And also all of the, um, all of the little things that you talked or the big things that you talked about, we'll have links in the show notes and how to contact you. But, but how can people contact you if they, they can do, I also have, we have modernspirit.org. I also have my website, drjoetofer.com. Okay. And there's contact, there's contact, uh, whatever, you know, the great, internet. Great. And you, you have a workshop or a retreat. Do you call it a retreat or a, we call it retreats? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know, yeah, to me. Yeah, but we exactly. Call it, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. We call it a retreat, I think. Retreat. Yeah. We're going, we're gonna do one in July. We're gonna do one in August. So we just open up the July one and right. start we're gonna start filling it up. And then I'm gonna have to talk to my my I'm doing that one with Martina Drossel, who's a somatic experience therapist and an ayahuasca shamaness extraordinaire. Wow. And then just an amazing healer. And so she and I are gonna lead that one. Um, with Ricardo Amaringo and then the team, Niwedal, uh, all the Shipibo healers there. And so that's in July in Peru. And then I'm going to do another one in August, most likely with my cousin, Francisco Javier Villegas, who is Colombian bilingual English speaker that does integration coaching for people and also worked at Niwe Rao for some time. Wow. So then we'll do one together in July. So we've, we've had good results in August, I mean. Yes. Yeah. So we've, it's, it's, 
been good. It's been good. And we've been getting good groups uh, of people together. Did such great work. Well, I hope to join you in July. I, you should come. I plan come to. Us. Well, I, I'm planning on it. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, well, good. thanks so much. And um, you have a great day. Thank you too, Marla. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.